Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you once again to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. If you are in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, driving down the interstate, uh, we're just so glad that you are listening to this broadcast today. And we do pray that God's Word is going to bless you today. It's going to give you information, vital information that you need today. Hallelujah. Every one of us is facing eternity somewhere forever. We are not going to be done when life is over here. Eternity is going to begin. We're going to live, you and I, somewhere forever. The good news is you can live with God in the city that He's prepared for you, in the world that He is going to absolutely restructure, remake a new heaven and a new earth so that we can live without all the conflict, without death, without fear, without all of the craziness that is going on in this old fallen world today and in these faulty bodies today. So we want you, uh, and God wants you, more importantly, God wants you to live with Him in a new heaven and a new earth forever. God wants that for you and for me today. So we want you to hear this new message that we're bringing from the Word of God, this new teaching in the Word of God on holy conviction. Holy conviction. The wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit to a fallen world. Today, amen. We we want to get into the Bible and hear the words of Christ. And, and uh, just before we do, uh, let me invite you to come to our website. If you would like to know more about us, just type in T-H-C-O-G and Google it. Or type in Pastor Robert Venable, V as in Victor, E-N-A-B-L-E. Venable, and it will take you to the Holy Church of God. And if you want to go to our Facebook page, uh, or just go to, to Twitter, or go to our blog, or just go to our main page, uh, you will find a section for the recent editions of Let's Talk About Jesus and former editions. And you will find over 1,300 sermons that span 43 years this January, uh, where I have been the senior pastor of the Holy Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International in good standing since 1974. Uh, That dates us, but it also shows that there is victory in Jesus. If the devil had his way, we wouldn't be still doing this work for the Lord. Uh, Our marriage would not have, have weathered all the storms that have been sent because of our stand for Jesus and our our desire to propagate and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will hear it. We're getting ready in the not too distant future to celebrate uh, 54 years of marriage. God has been good to us. 43 years of pastoral ministry, 54 years of of marriage, and we are so glad to declare uh, through our ministry and through our marriage and through our life, there is victory in Jesus. You say, well, you must be held in some special place where no troubles come. I 
beg your pardon, we don't live in a rose garden. Amen. We taste and we go through all the temptations and testings that any marriage, any ministry could could experience. There is no place where you, in this old fallen world, in these old faulty bodies, where there's not going to be pressure and pain sometimes. But I want you to know there's victory in Jesus. There is a sufficiency of His grace. If we we determine to follow Jesus, all of heaven's resources, and believe me, they make us more than conquerors through him that loved us. In spite of it all and through it all, that great song that was sung just a few years ago, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust in God. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're not beaten, battered, and beleaguered. We are bettered. <laughs> Amen. Trials just burn away. Uh, the dross, it takes away those false securities that we try to surround ourselves with and expose our weakness. And in that weakness, we are made strong. When we put our trust exclusively in God and in Christ and in His grace and in the wonderful Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we invite you to come to our website and learn more about us. Our statement of faith is there. And, uh, and we pray that you will be blessed. There is nothing you could buy on our website. There's nothing for sale there. So we only want to share Christ with you and we want to bless you and benefit you today. Amen. So let's begin. If you have your Bibles and get ready to do some turning, we're going to be taking our text from John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 7 through 11, the words of Christ. John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 7 through 11. We're going to be talking about holy conviction. The wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit to a fallen world. Amen. Listen, let me make a statement as we get ready to read this scripture. If you're saved today, you've had a precious and powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. If you are truly saved and didn't just join a church or get religion, a mighty work of God's Spirit has operated in your behalf. If you are the recipient of, of God's miracle called the new birth, born from above, born again, nothing God has ever done for man's, uh, man's good compares with the gift of salvation as defined in the New Testament. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. For Jesus so loved the world, this fallen world, that He gave His life on the cross. And acting in behalf of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit is sent to us. And the Holy Spirit's initial ministry to us as 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 those who are 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 sinners that that are that are away from God that are separated because of our sin is to convict us and that work is when the comforter is not comfortable it is not something we enjoy but we can employ because it can bring us to the saving knowledge of Jesus and the saving grace of God. Let's read about it in John 16, verse 7 through 11. Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. And verse 8 in particular says, When he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. The Greek word literally means he will convince or convict the world of sin. One translator writes, he will expose the guilt of the world. You see, that's when the comforter that he promised, that one who stands in behalf of another, is not initially making us feel safe and secure, but rather he has come uh, to make us uncomfortable. Conviction's not comfortable. It is not supposed to be. But conviction is not the enemy of the sinner but a powerful ally to defeat the enemy of your soul. Holy Ghost conviction is not a religious guilt trip to put us down, but rather a supreme act of love on God's part to show us our desperate need for a Savior. Make no mistake about it, God wants to forgive us and cleanse us of all our sins. But first, we must acknowledge that we are sinners and repent and trust Christ as our Savior. Oh, dear friend of mine, it's not a comfortable feeling to feel that conviction that God pointed out that we are lost and we are sinners. We've sinned against Him. You know, it's no secret. God knows all about it. But instead of leaving us to our own devices and letting us go our own way, He sends the Holy Spirit. Now, I have said something. Please do not take this wrong and be critical before you hear what I'm saying. I have called the Holy Spirit in in great, great reverence and love the hound of heaven. He hounded me. He didn't give up on me while I ran from God. Instead of running to God, while I did everything I could to drown out His call to salvation, the Holy Spirit hounded me. And I'm so glad for the sweet hound of heaven, for the Holy Spirit's convicting work in my life. If He had let me go my way, There is a way, you know, the Bible said there is a way that seems right unto a man and that the devil will cause every road we take, though it would would take us to destruction, to seem to be the right road and to tell us you're, you're the captain of your own fate. You choose your own way. Nobody tells you what to do. Oh, friend of mine, nothing could be worse than God allowing us to go our own way. For there is a way, the Scripture declares, that seemeth right unto a man, but it leads to death and destruction. Listen to me very carefully. The Holy Spirit does not point out our sins to condemn us, but rather to convict us and to convince us, to show us our true spiritual condition, 
to alert us to the danger that our souls are in and to bring us to saving faith. I want to tell you a true story to illustrate this. For a famous singer by the name of Charlotte Elliott, it took a different different and direct confrontation of a preacher by the name of Caesar Milan in, in London long ago. There was a concert to which many famous people were invited. Among them was the preacher Milan. When the show was over, Milan approached Miss Elliot, Mrs. Elliot and said, I thought as I listened to you tonight how tremendously the cause of Christ would be benefited if your talents were dedicated to His cause. You know, young lady, you are a sinner in the sight of God, but I'm glad to tell you that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all sin. <laughs> the, sin the singer became angry and stomped her feet and walked away. As she was going, the preacher said, I mean no offense. I pray God's Spirit will convict you. When she got home and tried to sleep, the preacher's face and words kept coming to her mind. Her sleep was disturbed, and she was under terrible conviction over her sins. At about two o'clock in the morning, she got out of her bed, took a pencil and a piece of paper, with tears running down her cheeks as she repented of her sin and received Christ as her Savior, Charlotte Elliot wrote these words, Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. That is the personal, powerful work of the Holy Spirit. As He's convincing us and convicting us of our guiltiness and sin and the danger that our souls are in. He is at the same time simultaneously showing us what Jesus has done for us at the cross and how much God loves us and wants to pardon our sin and cleanse us and bring us into that place where we do not have to fear the judgment to come, nor the wrath to come. We've adopted a new philosophy of how to attract non-Christians to our churches in much of the Christian world, and it doesn't include conviction. Dietrich Barnharfer called it a cheap grace. We now have a feel-good gospel, a gospel that is void of the fear of the Lord. In his book, The Cost of Discipleship, Barnhofer's most famous work. He published it in 1939. This book is a rigorous exposition and interpretation of the Sermon on the Mount. Barnhofer's major concern is cheap grace. This is grace that has become so watered down it no longer resembles the grace of the New Testament, the costly grace of the Gospels. By the phrase cheap grace, Bonhoeffer means the grace which has brought chaos and destruction. It is the intellectual assent to a doctrine without a real transformation in the sinner's life. It is the justification of the sinner without the works that should accompany the new birth. 
And Barnharfer says of cheap grace, and I quote, It is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism, without church discipline, communion, without confession, absolution, without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. Real grace, in Bonhoeffer's estimation, is a grace that will cost a man his life. You see, Paul said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm dead, but yet I'm alive in the new covenant. <laughs> and yet it's no more I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. You see, this is a grace made dear by the life of Christ that was sacrificed to purchase our redemption. Cheap grace arose out of man's desire to be saved, but to do so without becoming a disciple, a follower of Jesus. The doctrinal system of the church with this list of behavioral codes becomes the substitute for the living Christ. And this cheapens the meaning of discipleship. The true believer must resist and reject cheap grace and enter into a life of active discipleship. You see, Jesus said, Go and make disciples unto me (laughs) out of every nation. Go and make disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. So faith can no longer mean sitting still and waiting. The Christian must rise up and follow Jesus. Dietrich Barnhofer, after spending two years in a Berlin prison, was executed by the Nazi regime, hanged until dead in 1945. Can you imagine what he would say if he could see the modern church of the 21st century? Let's read John 16:711. Look at it again. There are three elements of conviction. The work of the Holy Spirit to all of us that are part of Adam's fallen race, that live in faulty bodies in a fallen world, in a sin-darkened world. Listen to it very carefully. Number one is a feeling of guilt. He will convince the world of sin. He will show us our wrong. He exposes our guilt. That is not comfortable. But it is absolutely necessary because no one is going to confess their sin until we feel this this prick in our heart. Number two, he will bring a feeling of remorse, convince the world of righteousness. He shows me and you that God has been righteous with me, but I haven't been righteous with God. That is a truth that causes us regret and remorse for our sin. And number three, a feeling of desperation. He will convince us of judgment to come. Think about it. If you and I knew that tomorrow we're going to be sentenced to spend the rest of our life in prison, no parole, no pardon, that they were going to lock us up in the darkest, dirtiest cell and forget where they put you as if you don't exist anymore. If you thought, and I thought, that there was, there was anything we could do to avoid that something that would satisfy the judge and let you keep your freedom, oh man, I would be so willing to do it. Not to mention the horrors of hell 
for eternity, a place where even even physical death will not release us from the torments. See, when the Holy Spirit convicts us of what it means to be judged by God, it makes us willing to turn our back on the darkness and choose the light. To tell the devil on no uncertain terms, you will no longer master me. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And thank God for Holy Ghost conviction. It's a vital part of true grace resulting in true conversion and real salvation. The theologian Reinhold Niebuhr warned, and I quote, Take no satisfaction in the prevailing religiosity of our nation. Much of it is a perversion of the Christian gospel. Why? Because of the watered-down message devoid of conviction and holiness that has gone out to the masses. C. Riley, the famed bishop of Liverpool, once wrote, and I quote, Where there is no sanctification, there is no regeneration. Where there is no holiness of life, there is no new birth. Where there, No doubt this is a hard saying, but it is a simple Bible truth. So, friend of mine, don't be deceived by the compromising voice of religiosity. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. A holy man will seek to be of one mind with God. He will love what he loves and hate what he hates. He will shun every known sin. He will walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. He will strive to be like Jesus more and more in everything that he does. He will walk in the path of love and kindness toward his brothers and sisters. In short, he will live his life in obedience to the written word of God. I'm not saying he will become sinlessly perfect. I am saying that he will be perfectly committed to follow Jesus. He will and you will and I will struggle with our weak flesh. From time to time, we will have find ourselves confessing our faults, our failures, and our sin of omission or commission. But we will rise up again and recommit ourselves to follow Christ. We won't argue with His right to be our King, our Master. We're under new ownership. Praise God. Amen. We will surely struggle with the flesh. But we will not surrender to its will. Praise God. J.C. Riley also wrote, Tell me not of your justification unless you also have some marks of sanctification. Boast not of Christ's work for you unless you can show us the Spirit's work in you. See, we do not preach cheap grace because the Bible simply doesn't teach it. We embrace true conviction because we want to see true conversion. It is not legalism to follow Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When Peter preached, their hearts were pricked. When Paul preached, Felix trembled. In the great revivals of the past, men and women ran to the mercy seat. They came running to God to receive forgiveness of sin. They were fleeing the wrath to come. They gladly accepted Jesus Christ 
as their Lord and their Savior. The question today and the challenge today, do you hunger for more of Jesus? Then run to Him. Leave everything behind and go to Him just the way you are, just as I am without one plea, but that Thy blood was shed for me and that Thou bids me come to Thee. O Lamb of God, I come. You will find that all you need is in Him. He will be your holiness. Don't try to just make yourself holy. Many people have tried struggling and laboring, making resolutions only to collapse under the weight of the law. Remember, without Christ we can do nothing. But also remember the words of the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Allow His work on the cross to change you. Let His love motivate you. Commune with Him. Love Him back for loving you. Worship Him because He's worthy of your praise. And not just worship Him in tongue and in song, but worship Him in your life and your behavior. His desire is to clothe you and me with His holiness, to set us apart and sanctify us unto Himself, a people from within a people, a peculiar people, a holy nation. (laughs) Glory be to God. It's time to lift up the standard of holiness higher than it's ever been lifted before. Don't settle for the second rate, lukewarm, compromising kind of Christianity that is so prevalent today. God has called you and me to be holy. You were saved and called with a holy calling. And God has a real revival, I believe, with all of my heart for this nation, a real spiritual awakening. The true church will be distinguished from the phony. God will prevail, and so will we. Hallelujah. You see, in the end, God does persuade a people to obey, and He does present to the universe a group of transformed and changed humans who follow His Son, the Lamb, right through every thick persecution and sorrow and pitiless trial that they are blasted with in the end time. You wonder why we're seeing sorrows now? It's to prepare us to be that people who finally go through and in it all, and in it all, in all its reality, we are translated not seeing death. God's final generation now is being prepared, I believe, for His soon coming and our soon going to be with Him, to live with Him in a place that He has prepared and in a new heaven and a new earth where we will live with Him forever, age without end. So when we hear the cheap grace, do not fear, it's just one more sign that the true is about to be manifested by a people and in living color (laughs) because we serve the living God. God has always had a people that would not bow their knees to Baal. And I believe that we as true believers are that people today. And we are going to follow Jesus. Make no mistake about it. And today, if you don't know Jesus, Christ 
as your Lord and your personal Savior. I challenge you right now. I implore you right now. I believe and I am convinced that the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart door and that the Holy Spirit is calling you by name. And if you will repent of your sin and receive Christ as your Savior, God will pardon your sin. God will forgive you. God will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. And you can have the assurance that when you draw your last breath here, you will draw your next breath in the presence of God without fear of His judgment, without fear of banishment or punishment, but with holy acceptance. Because you have accepted Christ, God accepts you in the Beloved. Hallelujah. He accepts you in His Son. Today, don't wait another moment. Don't run from Him anymore. Run to Him in the name of Jesus. And Christian today, right where you are, the call, the call of God is so powerful and prevalent today. Come out from among them. doesn't mean to be self-righteous. It means to be different, diametrically different than the world about you. Come out and follow Jesus. Rise up and follow Jesus. And come back next week. And let's talk about Jesus.